The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I am Jermaine Morris, with, as always, with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are back with the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. That is right. Say something with Jermaine Morris and Barry Axis hitting you on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, pretty much everywhere you hear podcasts. Talking about everything going on in the life and the traffic out here in these streets. In these cool, 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 cool streets. <laughs> you tuned into the soulful sounds of Barry Axis. Yes, sir. Bring you episode 107. Booyah! 107 with a bullet. That's right. Always highlighting individuals out there who've done it for the culture historically, educationally, uplifting the 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 environment, good for the ecosystem. Those are contemporaries and those who've gone on to the ancestral plane. Yes, sir. And uh, this one goes out to a special one we 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 recently lost, and mm-hmm. we're in Sacramento, California. And so this individual, if you're from here or have been here for a while, a lot of people have a personal story. With this individual, especially in your particular age bracket. Okay. I think uh, I and so I I personally, uh, I personally remember him from years ago. I used to work in a club here. If you're from SAC, they remember this club called The Rage. It used to go on back in the 90s. It was really popular. He used to fall in there uh, pretty regularly. He's originally born in New York and he, he moved out uh-huh. to moved out to California after his uh, parents had split up. Always into music. His uh, mother was a television producer. His father was a uh, manager at a computer company. And he just always took it to like and he was deep into art. He was, he was an artist. He was a painter. He was a musician. He played piano. He could score music. He even wrote like scripts and screenplays. He was just real talented dude. And he got involved with a group. You know, he was a when he was young, they used to play instruments and they sold all their instruments and bought mixing boards and turntables when the, mm-hmm. when hip hop really started to to really take hold within the, the, the culture. And he was if you knew him personally, if you ever saw him, he was a pretty quiet guy. Like he was pretty laid back. But his persona when he performed, you you would think to the contrary. And the he had that is part of a group which formed in the end of the 80s. And they had a, a, a they had they had a, they, they started to make a splash. But his major claim to fame came with the global hit. A lot of us know, you know, the Humpty Dance is your chance. <laughs> Performing as his alter ego, Humpty Hump. And people who used to know him, especially in the group he was with, uh, Money B, used to always joke and say that he was most comfortable performing as Humpty Hump because he was more comfortable performing in disguise. He yeah. was such a laid back, such a quiet dude that when he could put on the, the glasses and nose and the hat and the clothes and be somebody else, he was comfortable performing. But he really didn't like the spotlight like that when it was just shined on him. His the group that he was a part of introduced the world to the late great Tupac Shakur. Yeah. And in the song, same song. Uh I'm shocked, I like to rock Tupac. Go ahead and rock this. Followed <laughs> up on Tupac's solo album with I Get Around. Uh, like I said, a lot of people know him out there by his alias Humpty Hump. They remember him as his performance name. Us in the region, we knew him as Greg, but uh, rest in peace in the rest of the world, knew him as Shock G every time. That's that's a, that's a that's that that like that was heavy, man. Like 
Black Rob, DMX yeah. before that, then Shock G, a Bay Area icon. Yeah. Digital Underground. Digital Underground. Was a globe, not, they were national. And their song Humpty is Humpty took across, Humpty took him around the world. Yeah, they took him around the world. And the simple fact that they're, you know, he's always um, you know, when you think about Tupac and his humble beginnings, and that's really when you talk about an artist who died at 25. Yeah. Um, folks who don't may not remember that, but he did a lot that how the industry was that that co-sign was huge. I mean, I don't think that if Pac didn't have that co-sign, they would have took him as serious as an artist because folks have to really understand du during that time like co-signing tupac was like gold it was a big deal and i don't think in the sense of hip-hop uh, uh uh you know when you talk about hip-hop history yeah barrier groups and barrier artists such as hammer such as Too Short. I think Too Short probably gets more of his accolades now because he's been just, he's stayed around for so long. Yeah, he's on like album number 30. Yeah, so he yeah. never really left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the simple fact, I don't think that your flowers are given to those groups like Digital Underground that was iconic, that it was at a level of, when you talk about how big Naughty by Nature was, Digital yeah. Underground was that big, if not bigger, right? Yeah. And the simple fact that they had not only hits like uh, you know, same song, Humpty Do Dance, like. Do What You Like. The first song Kiss that when I back. heard, "Kiss Me Back," uh, you know what I mean. You got the uh, the freaks of the industry, the industry right? That that was the that bro. Like when you talk about going back club now. When you go back, uh, those sounds, the, the music, how becoming it was like freaks of the industry was such a man it was such a a childhood memory just going in the dances and you know talking to your partners and i think that's why it hurts um to see a brother like that that's so talented that was a musical genius in so many ways lose his life we don't know why i don't know how 57 years old but it was yeah. a shock because shock g again like you said he's a quiet dude so you don't really hear anything you just kind of gracefully think that the brother is going to pass at an older age you know he's not into too much and he's he doing always looked older with the beard yeah. and the hair the white and, and the beard and the hair he, he always he, yeah. he's he's and he's done a lot of production on the background doing a lot of music and doing a lot of different things so he was names. yeah so he was really as as far as digital underground not being where digital underground used to be he still was doing a lot of work so he didn't really fall off i just remember him on the loons um you know remix of i got five on it um the 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 iconic line uh put your, the satin on your panties yeah. it's just all these different things you go back into the memory lane and at that moment how big digital underground was as a bay area group as yeah. bay area artists and you don't necessarily see that now you don't see a bay before hip-hop became became so regionally and, and it became so filtered and watered down. Like hip hop, I remember Digital Underground listening to them, and then listening to Kid and Play, and then Big Daddy Kane, and then you know, you know, Das Effects and Ice Cube from the NWA days to the uh, Miracles Most Wanted days. I just remember so much of hip hop being so versed with listening to LL Cool J, X Clan, yeah. P. You know what I'm saying? MC Hammer and being okay with being able to dance to MC Hammer, but then turning around and listen to MC8. You know what I mean? It was just yeah, a lot. Digital underground, was digital underground was more black eyed peas. 
than you think before Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, before you think like like EPMD or or like you know yeah. or NWA or Wu Tang. They were a full band. Yeah, and and playing piano. He's, he's the piano player, and yeah. and it was like melodies put together. It had a lot of jazz. You might, you might, do you think that they were more George Clinton? Like well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to give people psychedelics, right? yeah, but I'm trying to go age perspective. Okay. So for for somebody who's you know 40 and under, they would probably think, of, well, what? Well, who's the who's the contempt? Who would they would be? Who would they be of this closer era? They'd be more black eyed peas ish. Like the 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 songs that they had was was a band. It was performance. It was uh, versatile. They were, you know, they they put a full, they put a show together. If you ever saw them perform, like it was, they, you know, they they put a show out there. So yeah, if you're older, you think George Clinton, you think um, Parliament P Funk, all that yeah. stuff. But if you're a little younger, that's probably close. Because when people think Bay Area, depending on how old you are, you think in hyphy. Yeah. You think in for they weren't that, you know, no. they 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 were a full band. And like I said, if you ever saw him out. He was real quiet, laid back, and he was never, even when Digital Underground was big, he was okay. never Hollywood and uh -uh. folks. Uh -uh. And uh, one thing about him is, like, he gave a lot of money away. Like, mm. like there was a lot of stuff that he just was like, he used to have these real expensive glasses in the nose, like some gold plate and stuff. So he would give them away at shows and concerts. Mm. And stuff. Like, he gave so much money away. And, you know, he did have his demons. He did have some, some habits and stuff he had to deal with. Oh, is that right? During the course of his life, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like the music industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, he was like I said, if you out here in SAC, like most people who are from here, if you're of a certain age, have a have a shock story of seeing him somewhere, or or he was real real low key, real. Uh, you just see him everywhere. Like he was real 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 approachable and stuff. And we're so losing we're losing legends, brother. And it's all definitely about definitely keeping up yeah. with your health. Um, I was you know watching some of the highlights of DMX's. Uh, funeral that just happened and then yeah. you know swiss beat said some real powerful things and one of the things is like you know wish you folks were around you know like basically pretty much paraphrasing it that he wish he, folks would have showed up before like you know when it mattered when he was alive you know what i mean and the simple fact that you don't often see the industry support each other it's like the industry supports each other when you're up then once you fade and then once your time is done it's almost kind of we forgot about you and that's yeah. why like if you really really think about the influence of digital underground musically you really are going to be like damn and that's when you also start looking at the influence of dmx musically right not only musically um the fabric of how hip-hop and the machismo of it got back to it in the grittiness of it with because of dmx he was a cultural influence not just with the music but with the style the presence pushing a whole idea of the rough riders and this everything on a street level but not a street level that was showed by like the jay-z's of the world and the biggies with the hustling and, and the mob's yeah. uh mob deep with more of the gritty gritty grinding kind of like, yo, we're going to take the razors out your mouth, but a different part of the grittiness, you know what I'm saying, that I think that he held up high. And when you have back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back artists that pass away way before they, the time that we believe, because DMX was, what, 50, your boy Black Rob, 51, 51 and your shot boy 57. Shot 57, dog, like, brother, yeah. health yeah. is yeah. wealth. And, and, and again, Please, y'all, like, 
if you if you don't have to, man, don't indulge in that, them drugs, man. Don't indulge in them, dog. Don't. Yeah. I know Shock had his stuff when he was younger. He got cleaner for a while. He was down staying with some folks in Florida. They ultimately found him in a hotel room in Tampa. Um, so you think it's foul? You think it's like some uh, some drug shit? I think it might have just been his body. Yeah. I, really? You know, I, I think. Um, so I think we were talking at the after we did last week's show, we were talking about Black Rob when he had passed. And I remember he, he when he had his stroke about just just how bad he did in his body, studio living. It just of uh, just drinking, smoking, eating crappy foods, high in salt, high fatty fried stuff, just at three, four in the morning, days at a time. Alcohol, 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 smoking, bad food, just a combination. Like you, you couldn't even say it was this thing. It was a lack of inactivity, you know, lack of activity with a bunch of with a crappy diet, with drinking all the time, with the influx of some drugs, with just just not sleeping enough, being travel, 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 no good yeah, sleep, no so, good sleep. I mean, and that just wears on the organs. It just wears on the body. So you may have done something ten years ago, but you were burning the candle from the other end. So even though you you're you're now say you're 45, you're 47, and you haven't done this stuff in 10 years, but you okay. did it for 10 years. So and you that, took years off the back end. So you're you're you know you're living better now, but you just your organs, you're you're 45 with 70-year-old organs. And folks yeah. really have to understand when you talk about Tina Marie, you talk about guys like Rick James, you talk about um people like Whitney Houston, you talk about Michael Jackson, you talk about yeah. Prince, you know. Um, like with the Rick James and the Tina Marie's, we knew the excessive drug use and we knew the excessive damage they was doing. So as they die younger, like, you know, some years ago, folks were like, well, what happened? It's like, well, again, like you just said, your body eventually just says, eh, you, 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 you use me up early because I was going to help prevent some shit yeah. old when you get older. And now I can't prevent some shit because it's like. I had to, you know, work overtime to survive when you were younger because you were just doing too much. abusing me, right? Yeah. And so when you hear these people, I mean, you just really think about it, dog. You know, black people got to wake up, man. You know, tell me, brother, we've had, let's just, we, Prince, Luther Vandross, I mean, uh, uh, Gerald Levert, you know what I mean? See what I mean? Like, I mean, even go back he, to like Heavy D. Like, Heavy D's body, because he kept gaining and losing weight, he would he would get really big, and then he would go on this crash diet and lose like 100 pounds. And then he would gain it back mm. and, and fight to lose it back again. Like, it wasn't drug addiction and problem with him. It was just he was putting so much strain on his organs just with his weight and then this constant, like, pendulum swing of crash diets and then overeating and trying, like, it was just, it was just too much. I think the best analogy is somebody explained it to me is imagine with the day you're born, it's like an hourglass. There's so much sand in it from the day that you from you come into this world. And based upon how you live is how big the hole is that the sand comes out of. Mm. So if that so if you've got 70 years worth of sand, you got 70 years worth of sand. If you born, you got 88 years worth of sand, you got 88 years worth of sand. How you live is how big that hole is. So if you live reckless and you drink and you smoke and you do this and that, you're making that hole bigger. So the sand pours faster. So you had 80 years of sand to start with, but you burned through it in 60 because of your life choices. Mm. And I think and when I took it in that way as a visual, that really made that kind of really made sense to me. Like, you know, your heart's got so many beats 
And depending upon what you do with it is how quick or how slow it's going to be for you. Like, you know, and so for people who do stuff where you're making that hole really, really big, like once it's really big, you can't shrink it. So if, if you widened it because you're drinking six nights a week, not sleeping right, heavy, salty foods, bunch of fried stuff all the time, no, no exercise or activity, you made that hole really big. So your 80, 90 years of sand is now pouring out to 52, 54. Now you're living better, but that hole don't shrink. Man. So there's a lot Bad, of brother. yeah, a lot of people who are like, I ain't been, I, he, he's been clean for, for five, six years. But if you ask him, he'll tell you, yeah, but I went hard for 20. Mm. And I, you know, I mean, they'll they'll tell you like I, I get it, you know. Um, just just people I've talked to who've gotten older, just like it's like I'm. I wish I had appreciated it back then. Yeah. Because now they're getting 50, 60 and they're dealing with liver problems and kidney on one kidney and need blood thinners and all this other stuff all the but time. Yeah, still, we're still promoting the poison. Yeah. We're not promoting clean living. We're still promoting. That high access, but not enough. Nah. Like I'm seeing, no, no, yeah. I, I, I'm seeing nah. more black vegans and vegetarians. I'm seeing more moves to healthier choices. But for now, one thing we a black vegan, about. but still drinks a, a, a gallons of alcohol. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not saying it's perfect. Though. I'm saying I'm hearing more about health. California makes a difference. We are more health conscious in this state than others. So to 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 hear about folks out jogging and doing black folks doing yoga and all that is more common here than maybe in other states. Okay. Uh, but there there is a move now. I definitely think that needle's got a lot, still got plenty of room to go mm-hmm. to shift over. But I think that there I have noticed some changes in how we view food, how we view uh, certain things. Now you know we still everybody talking about Remy and Pastor Corvassier and Hennessy and all that. That stuff still gets it. Yeah, every nigga's is trying to get a fucking a liquor deal. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, but then everybody's slanging CMOS too. So I, I'm I'm noticing. <laughs> like I said, I'm okay. noticing there. Are you are you taking CMOS? I'm not personally. No, I uh, I hear a lot of great benefits. I, I I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I I have not done enough Just of mine. Got down with it, right? Due to yeah, I I got my my stuff that I've been you know personally. I so personally for me, there was years that I did not care. Uh, you know, like super, I wasn't super concerned about eating healthy, exercising regularly. Part of it was youth. You know, just if you wasn't then, living right, they, you still yeah. healthy. You know, you just you know when you're twenty something, you don't even care. Yeah, now you now you get to older. You're like, yo, oh, got to get out there and walk, man. Get very some fresh air. Very, very conscious about, especially now. I can say specifically now, I'm probably the most dialed in health wise now than I've probably ever been in my life. Yeah, about it's what I consume, thing. about how active I am, make it a point to work out regularly, make it a point to drink enough water, make it a point to not expose myself to things that's not even just like food and drinking but like i don't watch certain stuff like i don't just i don't i don't feel my 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 brain like i don't like black trauma drama entertainment we had a whole lot of it this uh week (laughs) yeah like i don't i don't need and i'm not even talking about just like the news and stuff i'm talking about like movies tv shows like i'm cool on slave pictures i'm cool on watching just black abuse over and over again like I and this is like I said, people are for entertainment purposes. Like I don't need to see the new movie of watching, you know, black people just get beaten down and abused and black women getting abused. And and I know there's the market for I just when I think about being healthy, it's my spirit too. Spirit as well. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm mindful of what I expose myself to. And I just I'm more conscious of that now than I've been before. Well, they are showing us a lot of black trauma of late. 
Yes. So if you are not mentally prepared or you're not willing to turn it off or if you're not willing to make a change or if you're not willing to participate in what makes sense, (laughs) you will have been literally derailed. And, um, you know, just watching what we have to go through on timelines, sometimes you just have to unplug. You know, you have to unplug. You got to get out of it. But it's pretty, pretty crazy when, you know, our our Asian counterparts can say Asian hate and then turn around and get something put in writing, you know, in a letter of the law. Right. And and, and, in two and a half months of them wailing out. And this is not knocking anything they're doing because I collectively I mean, I, I like I said, I'm not mad at the LGBTQ for doing what they do. Get it. I'm not mad at the immigrants for doing what they do. Get it. I'm not mad at the Muslims. Get it. Any any race, culture, whatever, gender, do your thing. But I will say it's extremely odd that with all that we've seen, literally, we watch what would be considered probably top five trials of the century, right? We'll probably, probably that the whole nation was watching was like policing in America on trial was d- bigger than definitely um, this millennium. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. This of, one, of this know. millennium. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would the say last top 21 years of last one. I think this is one of the, I think, I think, I, I, I think if not top five, definitely overall top 10, because it, it did so much as far as shake up the fabric and foundation of America in this particular time, because you have never really had a moment where, You've had riots, you've had uh, uh, civil disobedience, you've had marches, you've had protests, yeah. but with the culmination of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and the pandemic, <laughs> right, yeah. and the shelter in place, you've never had it swing in a way where for at least three to four days, yeah. it was total Armageddon. And this was a global effect, not just we had a few cities doing it. I mean, literally, it was like you turn on the news. I think every 50 states or 50 plus states were participating in some kind of way. And then globally, folks were running. So that kind of point, that's why I say why the trial was such at a high base of probably top 10 trials ever because of the simple fact that what happened the verdict, whether it was going to be the not guilty, and of course the guilty, which was what happened. Yeah. If it was not guilty, I don't know if we would be having a conversation the way we're having a conversation, starting it up, because I think that it would be, um, it'd have been some shit. Now we don't know yeah. because it didn't happen because we have the not guilty, or excuse me, we have the guilty. But the reality, what we know happened, is policing in America is still exactly where we left it. It's in this worst position and i don't understand where black people have not been able to be protected by certain laws certain policies when we've watched black genocide for the last um like 15 years just i'm gonna and it's been forever but i'm just saying the last 15 years just straight black kill black kill black kill like if we're gonna talk for real for real let's talk for real for real say something brother is that is that too many of our black representatives Ooh. are in somebody's pocket. Ooh. 
Let's let's just keep it all the way a buck. Whoa, let's take let's let's well let's get there, man. Let's get there. Keep it all the way up. And, and and that's why I've always said, my brother Morse. Yeah. Here's some more truth than you can handle. Okay. As I'm saying something to my brother and the people listening. We have not moved forward, more or less backwards, because black leadership, and this is why I say, look at the MLKs across the country and then find out who's the mayor, find out who the city council member, find out who the governor is, and some of the more horrific MLK streets or communities, and you'll find a black person attached to it in some kind of way, whether it's past or present. It ain't white oppressors, it's black people. And the problem that we've had, what this movement has become, this movement has not been a, 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 a counterattacked by COINTELPRO. What it's been counterattacked by is celebrity. It's been countered by monies. It's been lured by accepting you in this place where you will be able to talk about black plight and how we can reverse this, this idea of anti-blackness for a seat at the table and niggles have ran for that niggles are not looking at dying as a martyr because at the end of the day that shit's not fashionable and that's not paying right so black people in leadership on the ground the black people in leadership in the background have continued to weigh us down in a way where we have not been able to strive or get out of this fucking ditch let's look at and 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 i agree so and let me and i'm and i'm and I'm not even watching to watch my words. I'm just making sure my point is clear. So most of our HBCUs are not funded by black people. Whew. So what they teach and promote is predicated on who's paying the bills. So there's a bunch of things that we don't get of our black scholars that come out of these HBCUs because we're not the ones that are funding keeping the HBCU lights on. We have a, a, a heavy church religious run network across the country which was majorly influential during the civil rights era okay what they've done now during bush administration is where they put in the faith-based initiative okay churches started getting money to get out the way okay government you know what's you know what's replaced that right you know what you know what's replaced the churches because the churches with affordable leaders now you know what chase would would replace them right no what's that it's the celebrities Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, so what I'm saying is why we used to have, when you look at the civil rights era, a lot of that was back through churches. Churches were yeah. where they where they would gravitate to. Yeah, churches so, were so. the people that directly were yeah. connected to the people. Churches used to be the center of a um, black America. I'm saying a lot. Of that. So, so you're saying so why aren't they involved? Because churches get kickbacks and money directly through through the government. Mm-hmm. So that they and got they see money. what happened to Negroes who get out of line and get killed. I'm not. I'm starting with the groups uh, that before. I'm not even putting in their the personal shady ones. I'm talking about the ones just why aren't the, the HBCUs more involved because they're not getting checks from black people. Why aren't right. these churches directly involved because they're not they're getting their kickback through the government so they're playing their position. We get representatives that are put into place who 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 are are mayors, governor. We've we've got more black. Police chiefs, mayors, lieutenant governors, all that stuff all across the country. And they stay in tow and they stay in in they spot because they're getting kicked down for where they are or it's not advantageous to 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 make waves. So when I look at why do these other groups come in is because a lot of these other groups focuses on code. When you come in, why can you get this stuff straight through is because there's a direct correlation between the people, the position and the profit. 
The money is coming from the group to the people who are a part of a group to get the policy pushed. It is a straight line and everybody is on code. And that's why the LGBTQ was able to maneuver. And that's and why that's I always they say and they their game plan. Leverage. Yes, their game plan was exactly you know correct in the way you're supposed to play. But niggas can't do that for yeah, whatever and, reason. And so for us, why aren't these policies get pushed through? Is because you'll get a black politician in place. Yes, sir. Who will be willing to do something. But guess yes, what? Sir. He's not getting money from black people. Mm -hmm. the, not, the, the person that enough. the person that funded his campaign doesn't look like him. The people that that keep his stuff moving and get the policies pushed that he needs don't look like him. Mm -hmm. So if he's looking at I need to stay in the game, y'all can't do nothing for me or you won't. They will. So I'm going in what's the interest that keeps me here. So even though I may have came into the game with these intentions, I may have came in the game with these ideas. My community is not sustaining me or supporting me economically. Period. So I'm going with the people who are. And so because when you're going to go against the grain, there's going to be pushback and you need deep pockets for pushback. Yep. And if you're not getting it from your community, you have to get it from somewhere else. Who are you getting it from? Yeah. And so we have a lot of stuff that does not get moved. The needle does not get moved because we do not support or take care of our own stuff. That's why we cannot have a political party. I mean, Negroes are not championing a political party because at the end of the day, guess what? Negroes will not sit there and advance it because Negroes will, won't fund it, right? And for whatever necessary means of that and what's it sound like, it's because they won't fund it because it won't be successful because we have this idea of the two-party, uh, you know, ideology yeah. comparing to, well, yeah, there's a, a, a Green Party and yeah, there's a few other parties, a Tea Party, whatever, yeah. but Reality is there's still the strong Democrat and Republican Party that white folks can always tap in back and forth. Oh, yeah, I know, nigga, you thought you were a Republican. I know you thought you was a Democrat. The power of having our own party, and I guarantee you a few years from now, maybe uh, uh, the turn of the century, whatever, the LGBTQ will probably have their own representation, as I've heard uh, Catalina is going to try to run for governor that's just part of the play but let's let's just back yeah, up a little i mean bit. so the fact is is that we we don't value so th there's a problem so if you're looking at how solutions based you're going to somebody saying i don't like the way you're treating me you need to fix it but you need to pay for the fixing so i need you to pay to, to change a system that benefits you right now mm -hmm. to help me so it'd be one thing if you were willing to take care of it yourself. No, you're not we were willing to sit there and say, okay, these are the policies we need to change. We want our own schools. We want our own hospitals. No. We want our, our, our own this, this, and the third, which we want to build here. Here's, we good. just need you to get out the way. We don't want that. So we can build. No, we want you to build our schools. We want us. you to build our hospitals. You yes. to build all our infrastructure and then let us run it. And you have the major responsibility when we walk out or don't feel like we or we've outgrown this building or this yeah. this area the situation that you are on the hook for that and that falls into a lot of problems right yeah when what well, it's, it's, it's derek shaven right chauvin yeah. show what is it with yeah. chauvin derek chauvin all right officer derek chauvin he first of all let's be very clear that this is not the first yeah. um officer that's been um 
you know, found guilty. There's been other officers. I want to believe that there's an officer in the the, the Dallas situation. Um, also uh, the one Amber in, Geiger. I, Geiger. You have the one in um, I want to say South uh, South Carolina that um, was Walter the the Walter Scott situation. So. I don't remember the name. Yeah, that Walter Scott. Folks can listen. They can look it up. It's not Walter yeah. Scott. And then you have, of course, Oscar Grant. Um, it wasn't that long, but, you know, the officer was charged. Yeah, so, yeah like 18 months. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. But there's been other officers as well. So yeah. let's be clear that this wasn't the first time. So this idea of justice, let's be very clear that this was accountability. This has nothing to do with justice. And the simple fact that we have to be so precise and I know a lot of folks don't want to hear this, but here's us saying something to y'all. If he was not guilty, the repercussions, because we've saw for the first time, when you think about Mike Brown, you think about Freddie Gray, you think about all these, uh, uh, Renika Boyd, all these people who haven't even got this much attention. Yeah. The outcomes of their situation never flipped the way the outcome before even a trial of the, like I say, the back-to-back -back three murders within coming into the summertime, being in a pandemic, how people reacted, how us as, as individuals reacted, how us as a collective acted. So you never saw that. Did you get us tearing down certain streets? It probably progressed a lot more when the, the emergence of Mike Brown, but it was teetering when Trayvon Martin, that has nothing to do with cop, but has to do with everything um, insinuating cop uh, police brutality because George yeah. Zimmerman wanted to be a police, right? But it had to deal with the existence of being black, being killed because you didn't look like you were supposed to be in the neighborhood. You looked like you were doing something suspicious, right? So you started to get that kind of frustration from black America. It, 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 it spilled out during Ferguson. And then, of course, you had a back-to-back. Now, you don't have the certain things that you had in the 2020 uprising, the righteous uprising, but you now know that this is probably what's going to be. So when you go back to the George Floyd situation, you're probably in your head as a juror and <laughs> as, as, as a community in a whole, like this is not going to be the same outcome as jury members or hidden um, folks that was doing like, all the shit that they was doing in the background from all these different individuals. It was it's going to be a reaction that you weren't ready and prepared for. So for that, for that understanding of the moment that it could have been, if there was not guilty, I don't think anybody wanted to play that, that game. Yeah. So let's be very clear. It wasn't the jury that was courageous. It was the jury that probably got some incentives. It was also a jury that probably was like, even if I felt, <laughs> even if I felt that the cop yeah. probably didn't do anything as heinous as this, I think I'm just going to lean more like this guy got to go because we watched nine plus minutes. And then in six of those nine, you know what I mean? He was already dead. And then yeah. three, he's just like, he's dead and you still got your knee on it. And there was no, they didn't care. Like there was, there was no emotion on the face. There was no sense. If there was like a sense of, okay, yo, let me check on the guy. If there was some sense of compassion in that moment, he no. would have walked away. He would have definitely walked away. If he had said, Hey, George, you're good. Da, 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 da. It was a race warrior, a race soldier, a slave catcher, catching a slave. And for people to play Murphy that out. Camera. Yes. 
So for people to see that play out over and over again and the simple fact that we reacted in a way we we reacted, I don't think that he had a chance in the first place, but I'm not going to give kudos to a government or American justice system that has never worked. The only reason why it worked this time is because of the hardcore reaction of 2020. And this yeah. wasn't just in Minnesota. This was everywhere, like I said, globally. Well, I would look at two two major components with this. One, uh, our, our good brother, Dr. Umar, made this point. And, uh, and I agree with him. And he was one of the things that he came out and said. He said that, that the same reason why Derek Chauvin got convicted is the same reason why OJ got off. And because when OJ went to trial in 95, this was following the riots in yeah, L.A. From, from the Rodney King trial. Yeah. And it was such a big case. They had not rebuilt Los Angeles from the riots in 92. And they thought that if OJ was found guilty, they was going to tear this city up again. For sure. So there's a lot of people who believe that's a major component of why OJ got off. That's a lot of that's, that's the same belief that he was start speaking on about why Derek Chauvin was found guilty because they were all they saw all this stuff that happened this past year and they thought if they got a not guilty verdict that Mother F was going to tear the roof off the oh, building. 100%. But, but but the second part is and what I think is important to remember there hasn't been a sentencing yet. <laughs> and people are really jumping the gun on a guilty verdict. There was a guilty verdict in the Oscar Grant case. There was a guilty verdict with 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 uh old girl down in in old Geiger who's who's pleading now to get out. Mm. And so with this, they're saying, oh, he can get 40, 60, 70 years. Yeah, but he can also get 12. Mm. And so the way that this all when you get all those sentences running concurrently and with the minimums and all that, he could be he can be back home to live the rest of his life with his family into old age mm. sentencing ain't been done yet so that's a, as soon as i was like i got a message with, with this group text it's like oh it was a guilty verdict my first response was i'll wait for the sentencing wow because that's where it matters because when i watched that oscar grant situation and they gave that boy like three years and he was <laughs> walking he got time served for the year it took for the for the for the trial then he got it. It was like 18 and months. he's probably and he's probably he probably owns his own security company right now yeah he got 18 months and got to go home and live the rest of his life however he saw fit for executing a man who was handcuffed face down on the ground and shooting him in the back. And, so to and me, he, the guilty verdict. More, yeah, and we still have more police killers. I'm saying. So to me, the, the, the guilty verdict, that's a, okay, whatever. Uh, but I also look at the three other guys that were there. Three they officers. have to be sentenced. They have yeah. to be trialed. And then for him, there's still it's still on the table that he, he could walk. Yeah. And, and then, like I said, that that Amber chick down in Texas, she trying, trying to, get to get out of there. She's trying to get out. And, and, I'm so, and, I, and I'm pretty much sure guaranteeing with all that's happening, she's going to get out of there. I'm saying, so I don't I, I need to hear I need to hear some minimum maximums like they gave us for weed and for crack. I need to see. Oh, that's ooh. what I need to see. Some mandatory minimums that it doesn't matter how nice you are when you get there. I don't care what letters people write. You doing a guaranteed 20. You doing a guaranteed 25. You need a guaranteed, like I need to see some, some, some mandatories because to me, if you can get a mandatory 10 for certain drugs, but you can get 18 months for taking a man's life. <laughs> You know what I'm saying like, like to me, you can get a mandatory 20 for, for possession of a certain amount, mm. but you can be home in 10 for executing somebody. Mm. 
Like, nah, nah, son. We need to start. <laughs> I need to start seeing some mandatories for them. And some of the things that I love that have been coming out is getting getting rid of that um, uh, qualified immunity. Qualified immunity. Qualified. And you know the funny. You know the funny thing about it, bro. Like, here's the thing. All of these things that we are learning, it's almost like in every new police killing, it's a new thing that you work, uh, figure out. You talk, you figure out about the police bill of rights. You figure out about the qualified immunity. Yeah. You figure out about like why don't they have any, um, you know, body cameras? You know, you feel about like well, well, we need to take out this chokehold. It's all these new different things. That's why when I said it, because a lot of a lot of press was behind me or on me asking me what I feel about it, and I was like, yo, nationally, there has to be a certain mandate against like police misconduct there, there has to be a national it can't be these localized well, well, one thing, country one was hold on real quick one state is going to end qualified immunity but the others are just looking like it can't be that so 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 with that so oh, say all the time this is the nation of laws so it, it, it's it's not what how you feel it's not what somebody tells you it's technically what's on the books there's still a whole right. bunch of crazy laws in this country that most people don't don't think are real but you can be charged with and convicted of depending upon what county you live in uh, but so the, was it Chris Rock? Uh, the money's hidden in the books. Like, like, so there are stacks of books of laws and codes in every state, county. And then there's a national registry of, of stuff that, that covers. My issue is, is that we have all of these black lawyers out here. Mm. This goes back to looking at some of these HBCUs and some of the initiatives that, that, that do not get pushed constitutional lawyers who come out who should be battling for, for for our needs and wants as a whole collectively across the country. And then each state that we come graduating out of, there should be black attorneys whose sole purpose is getting into these books and mm. getting into these laws and getting these things off the table. Mm. Because this is what you went to school for. Exactly. This is what you got your degree in. We have enough black attorneys in all 50 states that this are should sure? be. Are you sure? Because I only see like two always showing up to these goddamn things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we 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 got them. We got them. They're just doing other stuff, you know. And we don't have enough of them with the focus. Like I said, at an HBCU, why is there not a department that's focused on constitutional law for changing laws that are that are grossly uh, misproportionate to Black folks and negligent to Black folks? But I'm period. saying, I'm not I'm not talking about if you go to Cal. Or if you go to Stanford, I'm talking about if you go to Howard, like why, if you go to Clark, why is this not you be pushed? Because we're not the ones funding these schools. Ah. Well, like I said, we, 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 I don't know why we, we don't want to control our own destiny. Right. And thinking about that, when you talk about the, the, the trial of uh, the, the trial of the century, released for right now because we don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, we 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 knew in the century anyway. So we yeah, we don't know shit. It'd be about ten <laughs> other things that happen after that, right? Yeah. Then you look at the young baby girl that got killed, um, right? Like during the the verdict, and Negroes are celebrating, popping champagne, and I constantly yeah. I hated it yeah. because Negroes are okay with like a, 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 a this this common fold victory, and my brother Paul was like, "Yo, a sea of uh, what he said." One win in a sea of losses. And I was like, damn, boy, that was poetic. It's like, yo, I hear it. And then turn around and literally have, what, four, like, episodes of police brutality and police killing, maybe four to five. 
and one particular was a 16 year old yeah and, I, and at least four i want to say because i you just off the top of my head yeah and then to turn around with this going on we still walk our black asses to the oscars on sunday <laughs> you know it's like wait wait slow the fuck down one we just go let's go into the the, the young girl what was it uh micaiah micaiah she is in a situation where everybody failed her. You have Negroes basically saying, well, she came out with a knife. What did you expect the police officer to do? It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, y'all, wait a minute, y'all, come on, man. Like, let, let, let's stay right there first. And this is my, my issue with that, that I heard the biggest proponents for she should have been shot came out the mouth of black men. And and that to me personally. So I'm well, not talking. So so I, well, let's, let's let's go let's go deeper. Well, that's what I'm saying. So before we because, even get to the yeah, yeah, part, I want to That's what I was going to get to the accountability uh, part, right? Let's yeah. uh, trust me. I'm going to get there. Well, when you talk about the great the biggest proponents of saying it are black men. Well, black men don't give two dams about black women and black children. What's you know what I? You know the the coldest part about it. Like when I made issues as a black man. And I know my sisters was because they was telling me this shit yeah. when I was a young father. Like, yo, damn, you're a good father. Like, why am I supposed to be with my kid? You're like, you know, they're like praising me and shit. Like, oh, what the fuck going on? What you mean? Like, I like my daughter. They can't stand her baby mama at that time, even though me and my baby mama is tight now. But you know, I'm just saying in the moment, right? Right. And it was like, yeah, I wish I had my daughter's uh, father or my wooty wop father. I'm like, yeah. Nigga ain't around. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was pounding you out and now he, he's disappeared. Hey, it was like, it was like, whoa, to have to be a and, and I, of course I'm used to it because my father was around, right? Yeah. right? So so I didn't remember until later on in my life that most and the majority of my friends that I had real close relationships with, right, didn't have a father, or their fathers was always into some other shit. No. You know I mean, like true story. Like, as the father was around, it's like, that nigga was on some other weird shit, even though it may seem like he was on up and up. Now, when we did not make a fuss, I remember Eddie Geo and the Bulldogs had a song called Be a Father to Your Child. I remember yeah, that was yeah, a yeah, yeah, song, yeah, I right? Think, I remember them, yeah. yeah. And when we stopped speaking out about us as black men, calling out other black men yeah. to not participate, in our own children, what we open the door is when no longer was this respect factor because back in the day it was like women and children and elderly were like hands off, especially yeah. women and children, right? You open the door for now us to be as abusive as we want to be, for us to sit there and take lives of not only the wives or the women, but the children as well, whether it's your kid or not. So yeah. we open Pandora's box for that kind of fuckery to show up now because we never checked it back in the days when we should have been like, nah, bro. Like I used to be around people that I would never hang out with right now that had kids and them niggas was hanging out with me chasing chicks. It's like, yo, yeah, you know, like now I'll be like, yo, bro, I don't yeah, I can't even, be friends you can't even talk to me. Kids, like please. I ain't, we, we don't even cool. have the same kind of conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you hear about the young girl who even I heard father was there, even though she was in foster care, but participated in her demise in a way of like not handling the situation as an adult, like, yo, jump in the car, getting his daughter out of there or trying to bring peace or calm to a situation, even though, you know, like, you know, 
MJ tells me all the time that if I was in that situation, sometimes you see red and I'm sure that girl sees red. I say, yeah, but me as a father, <laughs> nigga, I yeah. don't care what you see. I'm pulling you and like, yo, get let's we out of here. We're going to take care of that. So yeah. in a sense of situation, when you talk about black men, black men are not going to stand up in this moment. Unfortunately, why? Because they're not standing up in any other moment. They're not checking their homeboy. They're not checking their uncle. They're not checking the their uh, 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 brothers. They're not checking their cousins. They're not checking their best friends who ain't taking care of their own. They're not doing that. So for us to say that, it's easy because there's plenty of black women that have been killed by police and we barely can name them. We'll name all the Negroes, but we can barely name the black women because black women, as much as I hate it and as much as I disagree with a lot of some of the feminist shit that comes out of some people's mouths, I have to agree in a simple fact that black women are, 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 are not truly appreciated or valued. And that's not coming from me, but that's kind of the overall spectrum. No, no, I, how I, in the hell, I agree with you. Yeah. How in the hell are we trying to have a 16 year old be responsible for her own death? Well, my thing is, is so. If, if, if a let's just insert any black male who was killed, any of them to pick the pull the name out of a hat by, by a police officer, there is some version of this that was not fully his fault. Either the, the cop was super aggressive, the situation was this and that. The, the you can George Floyd gets killed. The, the defense tries to say drugs was in his system. He he is he was a prior felon for A, B, and C. He was such and such. Stephon Clark killed. He said this about black women. He was this 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 <laughs> this. Oh, you can pull up all these different things, but still, in the end, the onus shifts over to the police officer and some decision that was made by a trained law enforcement agent. All I kept hearing was it wasn't about her being sixteen. It mm -hmm. wasn't about the police being called to protect her. It wasn't about her being jumped at the time. It wasn't about the fact like grown ass women. Yes, grown it wasn't about her when the time that I kept hearing. Well, the cop pulled up and he had a knife. No, the cop pulled up. She was dealing with the first girl, shoved mm -hmm. her down, then turned to the second girl while the cop was present. So he had time to interject before it even got to the point that she was was lunging at the second girl, but. None of that seemed to factor in. All I kept hearing was, well, I mean, he was a cop. She had a knife. What else could he have done? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm like, without even rational thought or looking at all the other intricacies, like, and the only people I kept hearing that from, if you want to have a logical discussion or debate, look at the timeline in slow motion, we can do that. But that's not what these individuals was having. Their go-to was, well, I mean, he showed up. She had a knife. I mean, I'm like, Really? Really? Like, like this is this is this is where your brain is at. Like this 100%. is this, this is where your go-to is. And that was said it was a good kill. That's first off, that ain't even a good, that ain't even a real sentence. And it's just like, <laughs> and and I was just like, it was it made me sick. Mm. Like, like it literally was just like when I was hearing this, and I was hearing it, it'd be different. And, and it's not even to put it in the context that all other ethnicities feel a specific way. Cause I don't I don't believe that any group of people are a monolith in thinking. Had it came out the mouth of white males, there's a part of me that could that could say, okay. If it came out the mouth of white women, I could say, okay. If it came out but the mouth of Asians, if it came out the mouth of Asians, I could say, okay, you're an objective <laughs> lens. Like, but you're telling me this woman looks like your sister. 
She your daughter. Like your daughter. She looks like your, your mama cousin. Was, your mama when she was young. And the first thing you thought of is it was her fault. Good. Not even, like, not even a logical, rational discussion when we're talking about time, Listen, line, whatever. Good kill. Do you hear me? A 16-year-old who's getting jumped by adults with all these niggas all around her who didn't try to intervene or do more. Nothing. And she got shot, and now y'all niggas are sitting there on it. Well, I mean, he showed up. She had a knife. Like, I mean, what else? But in one minute, you're sitting there calling there telling me about George Floyd. And here's the cold part about it, right? And this is not to, to make, you know... I'm definitely not trying to throw the young bull under the bus. What is this? Young, the young bull, Deontay, right? Dante. 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 What yeah. are Deontay, Dante. It's whatever. spelled D-U-D-U-A-N. Yeah, it's it. Deontay, right? It's Deontay. Okay, Deontay. Now, let's let's look at his situation because that's a whole shit show within itself. Hmm, let's, let's go into it. This is not, again, being them, but it's also putting perspective. Yes. This girl's not going to get justice. That Let's just be very clear. It, it right. just, or whatever we consider to be justice, there will be no accountability. Excuse me. Yeah. There, there will be no accountability, right? Johnny Public is assassinating her as well as, you know, just all things being that, yes, it was excessive force, but if a police officer shot a black man seven times in the back and he's back on duty, just understand the same thing is going to happen with this. So the young bull in Minnesota, gets pulled over, he's calling his mom, yeah, yeah, this is what it is, this is what it is. And instead of catching the L, and just, you know, because he had a warrant, whatever the hell, the little young nigga, when they come back, he tries to jump in the car when they're trying to apprehend him, he tries to jump back in the car and take off. Yeah. And yes, the taser, the gun, all of that happens. But if you really want to get down, if we really want to break it down, if we really want to go there, and I'm not, again, taking the narrative of the slave catchers or all the other people, but I have to be objective. Yes. That situation is more of a situation than the girl that we're talking about that everyone's slaughtering who's dead. Yeah. I'm looking at right like, little nigga, what the hell are you doing, dog? Like, yo. Fuck out of here. Just get arrested. You're going to get bailed. Point. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, why are we... We're, we're lifting this kid up for his real negligence and ignorance. And yes, by far, we know showing your license, you'll still get killed. Um, selling CDs, you'll still get killed. It, you know, you we, we already know when we even try to... Okay, we're... we're hey, like, I, I'm, I'm in compliance. Yeah. We can still yeah, get killed. Still, yeah, Philando Castro. But... Yeah, yeah, you can do everything. We right. do understand in that situation right there that, like, yo, dude, you're making it seem as if, like, you know, there's something else more going on. And so, for me in that case, like, yo, officer, what did I do? Ooh, okay, come out the car. I'm putting my hand. Okay, I'm getting arrested. <laughs> and and it yeah. is it. But we don't look at that. We don't trail that for whatever things. Like, so many of these, so, and, and, and then I, again, I hate going there but being the objective person that i am and i'm just talking to our people to give perspective there's a lot of the incidents of 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 black males that have gotten killed by police that have literally put themselves in position to get killed by police in ways where myself i'm not even closely remotely 
going to even yeah. try to have them have that much ammunition. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's not saying that they deserved it because they did it. But I'm going to give you one case in point here in Sacramento. A black male in the midst of a large college apartment campus community living pointed a gun at police officers had his little girlfriend hostage and previously because i know insight was telling his brother i'm not going back to jail and was on the run and pointed at the gun as a police officer said damn there 26 times hey yo you know jeremy hey brother put down the gun wop and eventually the, the dude didn't pop off, but he kept on pointing the gun. They eventually did what they did. Yeah. Now, I didn't oppose that because I'm like, damn, I wish it could have been something different, but I get it. Yeah. I get it at this particular time. You have a whole campus full of people. You have one hostage situation. You got this guy that's not trying to do nothing, and he's holding the gun and like ready to do whatever he's doing. Yeah, That situation, I get it. I get it. Even though I don't get it, I'm not going to be that guy or that gal defending that. And that's what some yeah. niggas do. But when you look at the situation from the girl who had the incident, right, and from the young man that just got killed, and how we are putting more of a spin on Deontay's compared to Micaiah, that just speaks to me about all of the irrational things we do as a community, as a society, as that slices us down where it's dividing black against black man against black woman and that we don't come to shoulder and support each other. And that to me is, uh, uh, you know, is tragic in so many different levels because that girl should not have died. The boy should not have died, but at the same time, we should have the same energy for both. Yeah. My thing with, 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 with Dante was, so she said she thought she was reaching for a taser and we know she that's reached bullshit. for her gun. Well, I'm saying so, yeah, so that's a clear case of negligence. Like 100%. we're not we're not debating on protocol or on issues. That's clear. She said, I thought I grabbed my taser and I grabbed my gun. So you've admitted that that you are in the wrong and why he's dead. So that's that's one thing. But there's no mention of he was trying to run in the narrative about him. The, the stories you always see is well, she kept saying she was reaching for her taser and her gun. That's the only part of the story. But all I but I don't hear about Micaiah in the sense of she from the time that the 911 call went in to the time that that the, the cops showed up, she was fighting for her life for like mm. 15, 18 minutes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like what like so th this narrative of like, well, they just showed up and she's just this crazy woman with a knife. Uh any individual. Who's you got a group of people coming out there to jump you, and you just gotta just battle, and then you reach a point to where you like, I'm gonna have to do something, or they gonna kill me out here. Like I call, like not, the police was called. They're saying it was either by her or her little sister, but like the police was called. This is another thing we talk about policing <laughs> in the process. I think forget training by the way of the officer. I'm not even on that right now. They're obviously like obviously is a discrepancy in the way that the information gets from the dispatcher to get to the officer on the scene. And that is not even debatable because you can be on a 911 call with the dispatcher for 15, 20 minutes till the cops arrive. 
giving every piece of detailed information about what full backstory, plot twists, character involvement, character arc, you know, the whole story with between the person on the phone and the 911 dispatcher. The cop shows up on the scene with such a limited amount of information. All he sees is somebody with a knife striking at somebody else, dog. She, you told, you, now you didn't told, because there's multiple cases. So you didn't told, the, like, the case with the, with the gentleman who was having uh, the special needs on the phone with the dispatcher for, for 15, 20 minutes. It's my brother. He's having an episode. He's not a criminal. He's not trying to harm anybody. He's not trying to do this. They gave a full breakdown of the, of the brother's medical history. I said, please, he does not need to be. We just need to bring him in so we can get his meds. He's not he's not harmful. Anybody. We just want to make sure he's in so he's safe. They told this full out to the dispatcher. Officer on the scene shows up, ends up shooting him dead in the chest in his front yard because, well, he moved erratically. We told you for a half hour he was erratic. But That's why you don't call dangerous. the police. That's why like, you don't call the police. You know what I'm saying? You had the, 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 the brother who just got this week who the officer picked him up earlier that day. Yes, sir. Because he had car problems, whatever. Picked him up and took him home. Was called later. The guy was on the phone, on a cordless phone, with the 911 dispatcher. Well, maybe the only issue is how the hell does a nigga still have a cordless phone, but keep going. I'm sad. Called back. He's on the phone with the dispatcher. The police officer shows <laughs> up, says that the other cop says he's got a gun. And then he's like, he's got a gun to his head. Literally has his, the cordless phone to his head talking to the 911 dispatcher. <laughs> Cop keeps yelling, put the gun down, put the gun down. Bop, bop, opens fire, shoots him in the street. And notice how they always put the gun down. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Put it up, bop, bop, bop. <laughs> yeah, put the gun down, put the gun down. Like I said, he's literally on the phone with the 911 and that, dispatcher. And that is why they have their body cameras to cover their asses because they could say, well, we gave them a direction. Oh, we didn't know it wasn't a gun. All yeah. of this shit is just, it's all, it's just I'm common saying. fuckery, dog. These, so here's, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying these are, they talk about police reform. They talk about retraining. They talk about, you have to go fundamentally. Yes. You you can't sit there and say, don't use chokeholds anymore and think that this problem is resolved. You, you, you have to go fundamentally from, from the base and, and rework this out. That yeah. may be how long the academy is. That may be how many hours you're allowed to work. Yep. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that police most, officers work too many hours, dog. Because well, a lot of they'll tell you when you become in, if you can go hard in the paint your first five years before you burn out, what you, you'll be able to buy your house. You'll be able to put your kids up in a good situation. You could be making six figures. You can be because when you're young, you got all this energy, this enthusiasm. You got guys working doubles and triples and just working 16, 18 hours, all this OT, just, just trying to stack paper. Like you, they treat it like, well, as long as I can physically keep my eyes open and drive, I can come to work. And you got and they, and they are burnt out. Their senses are fried. Their their perception their anxieties up. So there needs to be regulations and how many hours they can work. How periodic I, I remember talking to guys in law enforcement, they were saying, well, how come there's not more of a stringent thing when it comes to mental health testing? He said, you don't want us to do that. I said, why? He said, if we were really more stringent on the mental health of officers, we wouldn't have anybody on the force. Exactly. And this is somebody who was higher up. Yeah, but and, and, but the, yeah. these are the things that are going to help people survive. And this yeah, is, this is what I'm saying. That we have to do, why you have to go to fundamentally how this stuff is done, because this is the belief system. A lot of these departments are under. Like if we really started cracking down on these dudes mental well-being, because if you see so much trauma on a day to day basis, ain't none of these dudes right unless they've had a desk job. No. So unless they've been pushing papers their whole career, you can't see a baby go through the windshield on a car accident 
at two o'clock, then you show up to a woman who was raped at three. Yeah, the, then so you show like, up yeah. to a gunfight at six. I say that all the time, bro. Sandwich and be all right. Come on, and that's why they need to have mandatory drug testing. Like it has to be it, because. And, and let's talk on, about bro. steroids. Because when people talk about drug testing, they're thinking, well, is the cop on coke? Is the cop, maybe, but there's a whole lot of them who are on steroids to get bigger and stronger to work out to do the job. What that also does give a heightened sense of, of, of aggression. Yes, sir. And so there's a whole lot of stuff that fundamentally needs to be looked at that you cannot do with one or two simple policy changes from the outside. And it has to be universal policy changes. And so to me, my message would be is specifically because these are things because we're the only group that doesn't seem to be on code to work stuff for us. All of all y'all who are graduating class of 2021, 22, 23, 24, stay on code, stay on code. Finished in 2010 and up. We need y'all to be constitutional lawyers. We need y'all to be in here in whatever state you live in. Whichever county you're at, whichever department of going through these books, going through these laws, linking up and bringing this stuff to the forefront. You went to school to somebody who's a journalism major. Take your findings to them that's currently at a news station or a newspaper and make it public information. We got a lot of there's a lot of policies on the books that these these bill of rights for cops are not new. No. These code of conduct policies are not new. It's just the average person didn't didn't know about them because in their mind they didn't think they needed to. All y'all who, who grad and all of y'all who've been in the game, you graduated back in the 90s. You've been sitting over there, you know, living off of something, waiting for your retirement. We need y'all. We need Facts. folks to come off the bench. Facts. And, and we need to be funding our people to push our needs and, and, and our agendas like every other group does in this country. And what and, we also go ahead. Uh, I said, and until we get on code, and recognize that the only way we get out this hole is with each other. That instead of keep looking for somebody walking by to toss a shovel down to us, we, we only getting out this hole if we start digging, digging side by side. Here's the thing. Last part before we go off. Yeah. When we talk about also, um, you know, pretty much when you're saying supporting each other, staying on code, we keep talking about community policing, policing our own. Yeah. Y'all didn't do that this whole time with Micaiah. Like there was no policing of our own. And I think that for me watching it and being around it, because I'm in the communities and I see it, you know, this idea that we want to defund the police cannot be an idea that um, comes a reality because we have not showed or identified how we police our own in a way where no one gets injured or in a way where sufficiently like grudges are amended and you know we can live to see another day so for me when we keep talking about this i'm watching the line of how we can't and how we go run to that phone and dial 911 and and, and i don't know if y'all don't remember what flavor flav said back in the 80s late 80s 911's a joke yeah. and it still is actually was in, uh, the, in the 90s i know she was. uh 911's a joke but for the listeners though. yeah and I feel like when you don't really understand that every time you call a police officer, that it's a potential of somebody dying, especially if they know they're black. I, I think that you may want to call, hey, I got some white guys arguing. Oh, it might be a, might be a little bit better of a situation. Like, oh, I thought you said it was, oh, no, it was black guys. Oh, because I didn't want you to come with that. Oh, we got some niggas we're going to shoot yeah. down. Because it's almost similar to how niggas used to get hung. 
and and, and, and back in those days, and it was probably still getting hung right now, but it's on a low. Yeah. But the reality of getting that we enforce this idea and we try to convince ourselves that we can have the possibility of policing ourselves and, and police our own, and we have not shown any relative way that it's going to work in a functional matter yeah. where we don't have to call police. We can't keep yelling defund the police if we are not fundamentally creating a emergency respond group that should have been able to be called photo girl. Or if we can't be the emergency respond group in the midst of that moment and say, now let me start policing, conducting a strategy to make sure these grown ass women get the hell off this kid and this kid feels safe. This death is on the hands of everyone that failed her, including the police, as well as us as a community that continues to keep speaking these, these ideas, but not creating these ideas into some actions. And I'm tired of rhetoric from Negroes who are not ready to put in work. Because if we are going to talk about defunding police, we have to have the ability and we have to be we have to be ready to police our own. And I've watched too many times with all this deaths of black women, all this death of black children. We are not policing our own households, let alone talking about policing our communities. Niggas ain't even policing their own household. Niggas ain't even getting in their friend's face. I know niggas is talking to somebody saying, man, I'm about to go kill this bitch. And someone got to say, hey, bro, come on, man. Fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Yeah, that is, is that sometimes they got to Some, Somebody got to say something. What did you say when you saying that? Oh, yeah, man. That, yeah, she out of pocket blood on my mama. And yeah. then when you go see the news, like, damn, that didn't really kill her. Someone has to start policing somewhere. It can't start from community when we ain't even doing it in the home, in the household. So this idea of defunding the police does come into the idea that we can police our own community and niggas can keep telling me, yeah, we doing it. No, nigga, we're not doing it. We're not doing doing it it. enough. And these are things that we have to make sure that we get on top of and address and quit looking for everybody else to fix our problems and everybody else to, to, to burden our concerns when to the rest of the world, it doesn't seem like we care enough ourselves. Where can folks find you online to keep up with these types of conversations? Barry Axius, finally free. Finally, free from <laughs> Facebook hell and censorship, I'll probably be back in. Uh, say, you know, you, you're gonna be back. A few, yeah, but you know, Barry Axius <laughs> Twitter. Uh, you know, just got back from you know Los Angeles, and I got a story to tell you about the whole freaking. I don't. The airplanes they suck, but yeah, Facebook, Twitter, IG. You know what it is. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. Like I said, the Say Something podcast is Say Something with Jermaine Morrison, Barry Axius on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, pretty much everywhere where you hear podcasts. If you catch this out, when when you catch this, uh, please uh, rate it, leave a comment, share. We appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. So uh, until next episode, holla at us. And we will holla at you later. Zhoo.